Hi, I'm Christina May, the online pastor at World Harvest Church in Enid, Oklahoma. You're about to hear a spirit-filled message from our pastor. So grab your Bible, and if you're a coffee lover like me, grab a cup of coffee and get ready for a personal word that God has for you today. And now, folks, for the grand finale, we say the ba- it's just like dessert. You know, when Grandma used to say, okay, keep your fork. I knew when she said keep fork, something good was coming. Keep your fork. We got Brittany Giuliano. Well, good morning. Man, I want to be as cool as Bud when I get older. I cannot moonwalk across the stage. I'm just not that cool. So I just, hats off to you. How many of you guys enjoyed Bud? He is, he talked about being real and I think Bud is so real. Like you see what you get, it's Bud all the way. And um, you know, I was talking to some of my youth leaders um, last week and we thought, you know what? This generation, the millennials, the Gen Zs, more than anything, we don't really care how cool you are, how nice your Nikes are, um, how best, how, how well you dress. We need authentic and real. Like that's what this generation needs is people that preach, but also practice what they preach. Because there's too many really cool pastors that get up here and say some cool stuff, but behind closed doors, they don't practice what they preach. And we need authentic people to talk to this generation and be authentic in that way and be real. So I just wanted to thank you, bud, because I know how authentic, how real you are. And I guarantee I can speak for some of our youth leaders that are here. We'd rather hear from you any day than like the hottest preachers. So, um, and also I just want to take a moment and can we just give honor where honor is due and just give a huge round of applause for our pastor, Pastor Brad and Pastor Tan. Can we just give them a round of applause? You know, they deserve this break. I'm here on staff and I see how much he has to deal with, the weight on his shoulders, how often even after hours he goes and prays for people and how his heart breaks for what breaks Jesus is and, and he cries um, for you all. And, and I see that and, and I think what a great and authentic pastor we have. And I know I'm his daughter and um, some daughters are maybe biased, but I feel like we really, truly are blessed, and I hope you know that, and, and I feel like I've grasped that the older I've gotten, and so can we just give a round of applause one more time? <laughs> Love it. One thing that he taught me is that it's not just about saying no to the world, it's about saying yes to Jesus, and that's just as important. And I just want to speak just really briefly. We have about 13 minutes left. I just want to speak really briefly on the idea of saying yes to Jesus. And so I want us to look at Luke 5. I was reading this passage this week, and it really just opened my eyes to what Jesus can do through you, through me, through our yes. And so in Luke 5, it says this, and this is when Jesus chooses his very first disciples. One day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret or the lake of Galilee, the people were crowded around him and listening to the word of God. And he saw at the water's edge two boats left there by fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, otherwise known as Simon Peter. Y'all know Peter. 
and asked him to put out a little, little from shore. So let, 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 me, let me just set this straight. Jesus jumped in the boat and said, let's go. He's a boss. He didn't ask. He didn't, he didn't sign a lease agreement. He said, all right, let's go. And so Jesus jumps in the boat, says, let's go. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon Peter, put out deep into the water and let down your nets for a catch. Peter answered, and, and he answered with an attitude. All right, y'all with teenagers know what that sounds like. And Peter said, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. Just a side note, you can have a bad attitude and still be obedient. Amen. Come on, somebody. <laughs> I'll clean my room fine. <laughs> when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. Other side note, you can have a bad attitude and still be obedient, and God will still bless your obedience with a bad attitude. How many of you guys are grateful for that? Amen. Some of y'all kicked and screamed on your way to church this morning, but you're here and God's going to bless you because of it. Amen. So they signaled to their partners in the other boats to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. And Simon Peter saw this. He fell at Jesus's knees and said, go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. For he and all of his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee. Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, I love this part, don't be afraid because from now on you're going to start fishing for people. So they pulled their boat up on shore and these people left everything they had to follow Jesus. And in this scripture, my mind was just completely blown and open because Jesus, there's so many people that come into the kingdom of God because of three things, Jesus, a man in a boat, <laughs> And as I was reading this scripture, I thought, you know, Jesus, some of this does not make sense to me. I, I'm, I'm constantly like asking like, okay, well, why did you do it this way, God? There must have been a reason. And as I was reading this, I was thinking, you know, Jesus was preaching and the crowds got bigger and bigger. So he needed to distance himself from them so that the whole crowd could hear the gospel message that Jesus, who was the son of God, has come to earth and the Messiah that these people were waiting for, the savior of the world was here in the flesh, incarnate. He was God incarnate. He was here to save the world. That was the good message that the kingdom of God was at hand. And so Jesus is saying, I got to get this message across to as many people as possible. And how am I going to do it? Jesus says, I'm going to get a boat. <laughs> now, if I was Jesus, right, and I wanted to get the most attention and have the most amount of people hear me, right, I would do what Bud did. And I'd start doing the moonwalk out into the water. And I would find myself walking on the water because we know Jesus can walk on water, right? Matthew 14, he can defy all laws of gravity that he himself created, like the laws of gravity, the laws of buoyancy. He can defy any natural law he wants, right? And so he's, he could have easily just moonwalked out onto that water and said, all right, y'all, now you're going to really listen to what I have to say. Get ready to be saved. And I think, well, why did Jesus not do that? Because Jesus said, I know that I can do this myself. 
I know I can preach the gospel myself. I can walk on this water. I can do it myself. But Jesus says, I don't want to do it myself. I want a boat. Now listen very closely, because Jesus said this. He said, I want a boat. I want his boat. I want her boat, okay? Listen closely. He says, I know I can do this myself, but I want to use what they have to get this message across to this world. And even more so, Jesus says, I don't care whose boat it is. I don't care the background of this boat. I don't care what skin color this boat is. I don't care what political preference that this boat is. I don't care the past history of this boat. I don't care if there was a father growing up in this home in this boat. I don't really care if there was a past history of sexual abuse or if there was a past history of addiction. I don't care if this boat is rich or poor. I don't care if this boat has their marriage together and their kids are sitting on the front row taking notes or if that marriage is not looking good and these kids are sinning on the weekends and they're too tired to come to church in the morning. God says, I don't care the background of this boat. I want to use his boat. I want to use her boat. I want to use their, I know I can do it alone. I'm Jesus. I know I can do this all by myself, but I want to use his boat. And why is that? Like, why? And I just recall that, you know what? From the very beginning, it was God's plan to have a close and intimate collaboration between the creator and the creation. If you think of Adam Adam and Eve in the very beginning, it says that God created everything and he he molded them together and, and, and he breathed into the breath of life and he said, Adam, I created you, I created all this, I want to walk with you, I want to teach you, but I want you to name the animals, I want you to take care of the garden. God said, I I can do it myself, but I want you to do it, because I want us to be in this partnership. And when Adam and Eve sinned, it says that that connection was broken, it was lost, and the great news of the gospel is that when Jesus came to earth, he restored the collaborative union between the creator and creation. And instead of us taking care of the garden, we get to take care of his people. We get to preach the gospel message. We get to allow Jesus to use our boat. We get to allow Jesus to use our boat. And so this morning in the the question that I want to leave you with, and the question I believe that Jesus is asking us this morning is, can I use your boat? Can I use your boat? Can I use your time? Can I use your talents and your treasures? Can I use your family? Can I use your business? Can I use your place of employment? And even more so, he says, can I use your voice? We're in our series, Real Voices. And the whole point is that we all have a testimony. We all have something that we can say. We all have a boat that Jesus can use. And I think the biggest tragedy that I see in the Christian church, especially today, is that people believe that their mess or their weaknesses disqualifies them from being used by God. 
when my Bible specifically says that it is in our weakness that Christ's strength is made perfect in us. Like, come on, somebody. The apostle Paul said, I cried out to God three times because I had a weakness in me. And God said no each time. And then the apostle Paul came to the realization that in my weakness, Christ's strength can be seen through me. So the apostle Paul says, I rejoice in my weaknesses, in my shortcomings, in insults and persecution, because when I am weak, then I am strong in Jesus. That's the spirit of somebody who's ready to let Jesus step in their boat. Because it doesn't matter the story. It doesn't matter how adequate you are. All that matters is who's in the boat. Amen. And you know, while I was thinking about this story, I have always wondered this. Ever since I read stories of Peter back in the day when I was younger, I always thought, God, why in the world did you choose Peter as your, one of your favorite disciples? <laughs> I mean, come on, somebody. Peter was, had a loud mouth. Okay, Peter was impulsive. He was kind of crazy. Peter did not know when to shut his mouth. In fact, Peter was a little violent. Okay, <laughs> he was. He chopped off somebody's ear because he disagreed with them. So it's, it's, you know. And I always thought, Peter, why Peter? And it's so cool because we literally get to read why Peter was chosen by Jesus. This is the first moment Jesus and Peter meet. Why did Jesus choose Peter? Because he had a boat and he let Jesus use his boat. It's that simple. There was two boats. If Peter said no, he would have just went to the other boat. The reason why Peter became one of Jesus' favorite disciples is because he was available and he was obedient to God. He said, Jesus, my boat doesn't work. I haven't caught any fish. In fact, I, I don't know what's happening, but... You can use my boat. I'll be obedient. I don't think this is going to work, but you can use my boat. And this morning, the question is, will you let Jesus use your boat? Can he use your life? Can he use your family? Can he use your marriage? Can he use your story? Why are we sitting on the things that have gone on in our lives and the stories we have when God wants to use that to save people? He wants to use that to get the word of the gospel out of what Jesus can do. And I think oftentimes we come up with excuses. Like, God, my boat's not as big as that person's boat. My boat's too dirty. My boat's too average. My boat's so ordinary. I'm just, it's just another boat. My boat is useless. I can't catch any fish. And we think, Jesus, why in the world would you want to use my boat? And in this story, we see two reasons why Jesus wants to use your boat or your life or your story or your voice. And the most important reason and the essence of why we are here is because Jesus wants to use you to show his glory on this earth. Period dot. He wants to use your life to further the kingdom of God so that people can be saved and transferred out from hell all the way to heaven to spend eternity with Christ. That's what Jesus wants to use your boat or your life for. We have the solution. This world is poisoned. We have the cure. Jesus wants to use your life to get that cure out to people, to see people's lives saved, healed, transformed, freed. 
And the second reason, which God is so good to us because he didn't have to do this. But God is so good because the second reason he wants to use your boat is to bless your boat. Listen, Jesus didn't need Peter's boat, but Peter's boat needed Jesus. <laughs> Peter's boat needed Jesus. You know, this is a principle I found out a couple years ago because I, when I, when Ty would come around, my, my father always said, hey, give your first to the kingdom, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, all right. So, you know, every week we would give our tithe. And so I'd put that tithe in there and I would think, I am doing God such a favor. <laughs> He sh I'm going to get a really great mansion in heaven because I am giving my tithe. And so I remember just thinking, like, I'd be like, wow, the church should thank me. I should get thank you letters every week. Here's my tithe. And so I thought I was doing God such a favor because I was helping him get his, his word or the gospel message out into the world and to Africa and all, all those places. And so I then realized <laughs> that that was kind of ridiculous that the gospel message could only go out if I gave my time <laughs> and that the kingdom of God was somehow in debt to me because I realized that God is the God of the universe, okay, first and foremost. He is El Shaddai, he is the provider. He is omnipotent, omnipresent, he is all powerful. He can do whatever he wants, he can have whatever he wants, he's God, he created it all, it is all his. And I realized God doesn't need my finances, but my finances need God. <laughs> Come on, somebody. God doesn't need my finances, but I need God's blessing on my finances through my obedience. My voice might not be needed for the kingdom, but my life needs the blessing of Jesus in my life. And this is what I realized when I am obedient, man, God doesn't need my voice in order to get people saved. He could come down from heaven and, and announce himself to everybody. God doesn't need my voice, but my life needs God. Because when I start using my voice, my story that God gave, when you start using your voice, your story, then you start to begin to walk in the blessings of God because Jesus is in your boat. <laughs> and so you start to experience a joy and a fulfillment that you've never experienced. And it doesn't matter what your boat looks like. It, it really doesn't. Man, if you have weaknesses, all the better. Because then Jesus' strength can be seen through it. And I just want, want to end with this, but I want to end with this story. So like I said, I'm the youth pastor here at World Harvest Church. And we have about seven to eight amazing small group leaders that really pastor a small, small group of um, students. And so one small group leader in particular, he allowed me to share this story. His name is Luis Sanchez. He's not here right now. He's at work, but um, he, he is just a phenomenal man. If you guys know him, you'll, you love him. And, um, but Luis's story goes like this, is that he grew up in a family that wasn't really coming to church except for Easter and Christmas. And he fell into the wrong crowd and he um, started getting into drugs, selling drugs. Um, he started smoking and, and drinking and, and premarital sex and getting in the partying scene and all of this. And one day, one of my really close friends, she invites him to church. She was taking real Jews to a real world, by the way. And she invited him to church. And so he comes to church and his life was radically transformed by Jesus that first day he came. And he gave his life to Jesus and he kept coming and kept coming. And then... 
one day something completely shifted in his life because he was sitting at the altar and he felt God say, hey, can I get in your boat? Can I start using your story now? You're healed now. Can I start, can I get in your boat? Can I please get in your boat? I want to get this message. I want to use your story. I want to use your voice. Can I get in your boat? And Lewis said yes. And he came on board as one of our youth small group leaders. And can I just say that because Lewis said yes to Jesus getting in his boat, we have seen so many, dozens upon dozens, maybe even above 50, the number of 50, we have seen that many students completely transform their life simply because his story and he allowed Jesus to get in his boat and use his story. And now we have students that aren't going the route of drugs and alcohol, and they're here every single Wednesday morning on their knees in front of the altar. I'm not making this up. That's what happens when you let Jesus get in your boat. There's a transformation, and he's going to use your story. It could be the most average story ever. I was pretty much born on the altar and pretty much saw my siblings make mistakes. I said, nope, not going to do that. In all matters, it seems like I don't have a testimony, but I'm just like, you know what? Even if I feel average, I'm just going to let God use me and who cares what happens. I just want God to get in my boat because I know it's way better than him not being in my boat. And so if everyone would just stand with me, I want to close because I believe that the Holy Spirit, see, it's nothing that is said on the stage that ever transforms hearts. It's the word of God and the Holy Spirit that transforms lives. And so we get a moment right here where the Holy Spirit can do a work. And so I'm just gonna pray and ask the Holy Spirit to do a work, whatever that looks like. And so Father God, I just thank you Father God, first and foremost, that you have allowed us to partner with you. What an honor that we could collaborate with you. You can do this all yourself, but you want to use our boat. And so we thank you for that. And we thank you for the blessings that come with it. But Father God, right now, we just humble ourselves and we ask you, Jesus, for those who have been on the edge and they felt Jesus say, hey, I wanna use your story. I wanna use your life. I wanna use your service. I wanna use your time. For those that are in here that have realized, man, Jesus hasn't been, I've kept Jesus at a distance from my boat because I'm too busy, because I feel like I'm not good enough. Father God, I just thank you that right now, Holy Spirit, you begin to work on their hearts where we can begin to be obedient and available to Jesus and the things of Jesus. And so, Father God, we thank you that you don't hold our past against us, but God, you use us anyway, and you allow our weaknesses to show your strength. And so, Jesus, I thank you right now that those who have felt inadequate, those who have felt too average, those who have felt like they couldn't do it, I thank you right now that that fear, that insecurity, that that those thoughts begin to break off right now in the name of Jesus. Father God, that we are more than enough in your presence, Father God. It's not about who we are, it's about who's in our boat. So Father God, we just lean into you. We ask that you use us the way that only you can do. And Father God, Holy Spirit, right now, 
begin to use us, show us ways in which we can use our voice. Show us ways. Maybe it's serving in kids ministry or youth ministry as a greeter or even um, serving on the weekends some, at some location. Or maybe it's starting a Bible study or maybe it's opening their home for discipleship groups. Maybe it's starting a business that blesses single moms. I don't know what it is, God, but would you just show us? Show us how you want to use our boat. Father God, we are so and completely humbled and we are completely and wholly submitted to you, Jesus. So Father God, would you use our boat this morning? Would you use our boat this morning? And in your name I pray, we all said together, amen. I'm gonna let pastor go ahead and close us. Wow, wow, wow. Did you guys get anything out of that? Wasn't that powerful? Absolutely powerful. Now that is some real voices today. And just as both of our speakers encourage you, you've got a voice to use to speak the power of God, the presence of God into your world. Amen. Incredible, incredible time. If you would, I want you to bow your head with me here. I know Brittany's already prayed, but I just want you just to do this with your head bowed. Just ask yourself this question, Lord, what is it that you're wanting me to take away from this day today? What is it? And as you're doing that, I just really want you to listen to me. I'm going to, uh, uh, prayer team, if you come forward, as you're just reflecting on what the Spirit is speaking to you, I, let me mention this. If you're here today and you need prayer for anything in your life, we believe in the power of prayer. I know that right now there are many that are struggling Many are facing some crisis situations. And I want you to know, uh, whether you're here in this sanctuary or whether you're watching online right now, we want to pray with you, okay? Also, if you're here this morning and you do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ, maybe you've never surrendered your life to him and made him your Lord and Savior, or maybe one time you did that, maybe you walked away, I want to invite you to reconnect or just to surrender to him for the first time today. So as you're just reflecting there for just a moment, if you're here this morning and you're not sure if your life is right with Jesus and you'd like for us to pray with you, would you just raise your hand and wave it at me today? Anybody that's here in this sanctuary that wants to know, wants to make sure, if you're watching online right now, just sit in there in the chat. We've got Christina May, our online pastor, standing by to minister to you if you if you want to pray. I tell you what, let me do this. I want us to all pray this prayer together, Okay. Let's all say this just under your breath where you can hear yourself. Say this. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I surrender my life to you. I believe that you died on the cross for me and for my sins. Lord, I want to be used by you. So I invite you into my boat. My life is surrendered to you now, Lord God. Father, I thank you for loving me. And Lord, from this point forward, I commit my life to you. You are my Lord and you are my Savior. So help me, Lord Jesus, to walk with you for the rest of my days. In Jesus' name. Thanks again for listening. We hope that this message inspires, challenges, and fuels you up to take a real Jesus to the real world. If you'd like to connect with us in any way, please go to harvestunit.com slash connect. Or if you'd like to learn more about us as a church, please go and check us out at harvestunit.com. We can't wait to share another message with you next week.